0: Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music the way it was intended. And now your hosts, Patrick Norton and Michael O'Neill.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beginner Audio File. It's Michael O'Neill here in sunny, I mean sunny, 80 degree San Diego. Uh, on with one Patrick Norton from uh, such things as Tech Thing and Patrick Norton. <laughs> How are you, sir? Uh, I've
2: I recently discovered that I'm verbose, so I'm going to be very... What? Very focused.
1: It's not the Patrick Norton I know.
2: Well, apparently it's time for a change. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, actually. Um, You know, I've been parenting. I've been up since like 6 o'clock this morning. I went to bed at 3 because I was testing a product that I officially hate.
1: Oh. That's a
2: conversation for another show. I was
1: going to say, can you talk about that product or is it not audio related?
2: Not audio related, just
1: painful. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Every so often, somebody who knows better does something that they shouldn't have done. Yeah. You ever, I mean, do you ever buy something um, and, you know, it's a company with a fantastic rep and they have premium prices and you're expecting this premium experience and you realize they basically vomited something out in this particular
1: product category as a money grab? Yeah. Everything I bought from Apple the last three years has been. Oh, that. yeah
2: yeah there's there's some emotional trauma in apple land these days uh, yeah they've
1: really the ball has been dropped they seem to be getting serious
2: about taking their their desktop and laptop market serious again but mm. i don't like to so take my technology.
0: headphone
1: ports out and that's i'll tell you that much oh that
2: just never sucks less yeah. we uh so we were talking before uh uh i i am on an i'm on an adventure uh in affordable audio which is not exactly a new thing but i'm listening to um the new uh 3020i which is a entry-level speaker from a company called q acoustics which has a fantastic reputation in britain and actually uh replaced the debut uh, the original debut as the
1: wire cutters uh kind of entry-level bookshelf speaker pick Wait, <laughs> the, the debut is uh, the Elac is, is that the French version of the ELAC uh, debut two no, But um, the debut. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I need to, to tell everybody that we're yes. we're going to be interviewing Dippin Sadave from uh, who's the VP of marketing from Rune Labs in a few minutes, and uh, this is just a little uh, you know. So we're going to catch up with you guys for a couple minutes, maybe do a little user question, and then jump right into. Jump right into the, uh, the interview. So um, w- w- what – tell me about the, the Q. What, eh? what are they?
2: Okay. So the, the, they just came out with a new uh, 3020i, which is a bookshelf speaker, and they sell for like $300 a pair. Um, So I'm kind of comparing those to the Debut 2.0 speakers that I have in here. One of them is smaller than the other. One of them is bigger than the other. uh, and uh, We'll talk about those in a couple weeks as I kind of sort stuff out. But I've been having fun playing with one of uh, Cambridge Audio's entry-level amps and uh, Emotiva's A100. They call it their stereo flex amplifier, and it's $229. It's 50-watt per channel, and uh, 80 watts per channel in the 4-ohms, 50 watts per channel in the 8-ohms. It is uh slim it's It's like half an audio component like you can put two of these next to each other underneath uh, an old school CD player. But if you need uh, uh, it's just it's impressive because like there's a big fat toroidal transformer inside of it. Um, big capacitors it's extremely well built. like there's no power issues on this. It's uh, Class A B which is sort of the, the terminal choice of, uh, of uh, audio files, although I find some of the new Class D amps are pretty amazing. But it's, it's powerful. Um, it's clean. It's not, you know, it doesn't have the, the most outrageous kind of signal to noise ratio or THD plus N, but it's really, really good if you don't want to spend a lot of money, but you want to be able to drive, uh, uh, you know, what would might be a, a difficult speaker load. For example, my beloved ELAC unifies, um, which it sounds amazing, but they, they're like 85 dB, you know, six ohm. That's a heavy load for, for most inexpensive amplifiers this is an inexpensive amplifier um but it's very very powerful uh for the money um it's you know like I said, it's got a good power supply and it's also set up for if you're more at the high end of things let's say you, you want to create a system in your house where you have like 22 rooms being fed with audio this has uh pass through for the rca jacks um it's remotely triggerable with a 12 volt trigger something that is also pretty slick about it uh you can set it up so that when it Detects uh, audio input to the RCA jacks, the RCA inputs. It will actually turn on the amplifier, and that brings me to another inexpensive audio product that I'm seriously in love with right now, which is uh, the Chromecast audio. I have no idea why I didn't buy one of these when they first came. Well, I know I didn't buy one when they first came out because they were kind of re-rendering audio in a not cool way. But for like 35 bucks, you get a USB-powered wireless audio receiver that you can stream to. So I've streamed to it. I want to say from. Uh, several different audio services you can stream to it out of your browser um like you know netflix hulu spotify um and it's really really slick because it has an onboard DAC which is actually pretty good but what's amazing is you can also if you have a more high-end DAC you can use a a, an optical cable um and uh basically connect this to the optical input and let your, your your standalone DAC uh, render the audio out for you. Um, so it's a really cool tool. It works with like Rune Labs. It works with a whole bunch of applications. You can send stuff to it off your phone. You can send stuff to it directly. Um, I've been really, really impressed by it. And it's 35 bucks, so you can play around with one. Um, supports up to 24-bit, 96 kilohertz audio. Um, it's pretty slick. I'm enjoying I,
1: it. I've heard nothing but great things about the Chromecast audio. Uh-huh. I mean, from everybody, even, even at Cedia... Rune had a setup with a Chromecast audio player. Um, I, I asked Dipin about this as well, which was they had everything running off of one server, which I thought was amazing, right. but they had a Chromecast audio that was feeding. They were so confident in it. And I, to me, if you're going to go to a trade show and you're going to use a piece of hardware and right. have people that are making purchasing decisions, listen to it. That means they believe in that piece of hardware. And the fact that they were using this $35 device um, I feel like everybody should have one of these. I don't even own one yet, you know. But 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 <coughs> if what you're saying is true. It looks like a little puck, and it has yeah. a little um, like a, th- a 3.5 millimeter or like an eighth inch jack coming yeah. out of it. So you could basically plug it into anything that will take that, and that be- makes it a rune endpoint, which is super cool. I think. Yeah. I mean, you
2: can stream to it from, like, I'm looking at the list of music and audio apps, Spotify, Google Play Music, Tidal, Pandora, not that I have a list of Pandora anymore, YouTube Music, iHeartRadio, NPR One, Slacker, 7Digital, Music Match, BeyondPod, TuneIn, Napster, if you're feeling old school, Deezer. Sure. Don, I'm Bob, Dad, a lot
1: of Deezer. Cloud.
2: Um, You know, it kind of goes on and on what and What about on, the cu- it's,
1: Cube, Cube buzz the One of the new ones. Cobuzz? Co- um, buzz I haven't tried it from Kobuz yet. Uh, I also, I've,
2: I've been running Kobuz on Android, which is, uh, when it works, it's delightful. And when it glitches out, which is really, really awesome, it's not delightful. The mm. Kobuz uh, Android app uh, has been uh, uh, emotionally traumatizing uh, on the bad days. Um, you know, on the good days, it's pretty slick. I, I like the idea of Kobuz. Um Their mobile applications need a little bit of work. And also, I mean, one thing that was interesting for me is because. When I was first playing around with Cobas on my Android phone, I had a uh, Dragonfly, an AudioQuest Dragonfly, connected to it. So I was downloading all these high-def albums, uh, which of course the Dragonfly plays no problem. And then you turn around and go to play them when you don't have the Dragonfly connected to the phone, and it can't—the uh, the the phone I have can't natively render like 96k or 192k files. So, not that I'm a huge uh, believer in uh in high res audio. Uh I think it's mostly hype, but Really? Uh, yeah, actually, really. Um but oh. the uh the uh the uh but the funny thing for me was like realizing that oh, if I download the super cool file with all of the data, I can't actually play it unless I have uh uh the right set of headphones and an outboard DAC with me so I realized I needed to sort of dial back in my obsession because I always like I like downloading the the highest resolution available of something a uh, format of something available and that's kind of what's cool about Cobus is it gives you all of these in many cases you know, the vast majority of their stuff is 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 essentially lossless flack uh or the equivalent but then you have a lot of high-res stuff on there um i digress though but yeah the uh the chromecast uh the chromecast audio is really slick and then you can basically run a fiber optic uh out of the of like a there's like little 3.5 millimeter mini adapters or there's cables that are are regular fiber optic on one end and there's 3.5 mini fiber optic on the other end and you can run it into most DACs so if you have a fancy outboard DAC and you want to be able to stream music to it um the the Chromecast audio is a really inexpensive, really effective way of doing it.
1: Well, it looks cool, and I just bought one while we were talking. Yes. So it is. I hope uh, it works well for you. It is officially <laughs> officially on the way. Just because I, I don't even know what I would do with it, but I do know that I have a couple of, um, like I still have this little Maya amplifier. I have things that are d- dumb devices that I would like to make smarter devices.
2: You don't have? Do you have speakers in your in your basement near the the beautiful wrenchmobile? I
1: don't, but that would be a perfect application for that. Boom, boom. Because <laughs> I, I, you know what I don't have is a I don't have a uh, an amplifier, so I need to throw I need to find an amp in there. But that would be the perfect place to put an endpoint because well, I do you, listen to music and I listen to podcasts while I'm working on the car and stuff. Oh my goodness!
2: Yeah, the one thing I would add to that that emotiva A one hundred I wish it had a dedicated. Uh, you know, volume-controlled subwoofer output. That's kind of my obsession right now is finding affordable, decent amplifiers that include a subwoofer output, so you don't have to run your speaker cables through your subwoofer. The
1: output. the Project Maya is the uh, is the one that I'm using right now, right here in the studio, and I'm I'm running those the little um, do you know the little Mica speakers, the mm-hmm. little carbon fiber Mica numbers? Yeah. These things probably have, I don't know, four inch woofers or maybe three and a half or something like that, and they're carbon fiber. And then I have a little uh or uh, no, a um, uh, Velodyne, a little Velodyne eight inch sub, and that's my little studio setup right here, and it's great. It's it's uh, it's it's awesome. So there you that have
2: it. That Maya is gorgeous. I just want it for like half as much money.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's probably true. You're you're probably right about that. Um, let's grab a couple of questions. Sure. While we're here. And then we'll jump into the interview with Sindif, uh, which would be awesome. So, so, let me go here to the Goog. It's called the Goog, you guys. And uh, you switch accounts. Hey, you guys, is the Goog. The Goog's I, called... I put a couple of these in the other day, so I should have them handy. Um, and I remember there being a, a, a good couple of... Uh, questions that I wanted to get to with you and I thought you would really be just awesome oh yeah Um, when auditioning speakers is it best to start with the low end speakers you want to hear and work your way up to better ones or vice versa and I'll give you my opinion on it and you can give me your opinion on it Um, I think you start with the best ones first and then see how close you get to them because I think that uh if somebody can make something and make you feel a certain way you may end up finding more bang for the buck this is again my my opinion you might end up finding more bang for the buck going top down versus uh let me let me get the cheapest ones and go oh yeah this is fine and never really hearing what the the amazing ones sound like right and then getting to that level cuz i feel like there's always a certain level with most companies where you get into their <laughs> their decent Mid-fi stuff, mm-hmm. and then the the price differential starts getting a little less, um, you know, valuable. You go, yeah, I don't know, man. That these sound eighty-five percent as good as the ones that were twenty thousand dollars more.
2: I think there's a law of diminishing returns. Yes, uh, more often than not, whereas you start hurling more and more money at a set of speakers, the difference it makes is more and more subtle. Um, I mean. It, there was a a set of speakers i saw uh, a few years ago at ces and a a friend of mine who hadn't kind of been on the insane audio uh floor of the venetian i was kind of like oh those are like hundred thousand dollar speakers and they sounded atrocious and what made it really awesome is there was a you know a super pretentious audiophile magazine guy there talking about what a spectacular experience he was having you know he'd use his record this and he's going on and on and on it's all about him and, you know, and, and these, I just remember thinking like there's no either, like this is the second or third recording we'd heard. And there was like, you know, there was there was no sound stage. There was, no, I maybe it was the wrong speaker for that room, but we, I'm like, those are like $100,000 speakers. They were huge. They were like six foot, seven foot tall. They had amazing cabinetry, but they sounded like ass. And what I found out two days later is they were $400,000 speakers. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and down the hallway, um, Ravel was there. And Ravel's part of Harman Kardon. They're they're kind of a sister brand to JBL and, and a couple other companies that, that Harman Kardon owns, which was bought by Samsung a year or two ago. And these Ravels were like their flagship and they were amazing because there was this, you know, this bluesy rock kind of thing going on, but the imaging was surreal. It was just it was it was like you were in the room with the band, and oh my goodness, like you know, the guitar player just dropped a guitar pick and a butterfly just farted like several yards from the mic but you can pick it up because there was so much detail I'm exaggerating but I think I think Michael's right if you can find a place that has really really good speakers that are set up properly in a room and you know if they'll let you listen to some and and this can be a problem because you know um, some I I, one of my earliest uh, audio buying experience uh, a guy was like uh, oh is this your band (laughs) And I was like, no, it's the Minutemen, which, uh, you're playing Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's like, yeah. I'm like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers dedicated their album that you're listening to to the bass player from, from the Minutemen. But if you want to be a jackass, I can take my money elsewhere. I was in full North Jersey mode at that point. Sure. Um, and, you know, he backed off and let me listen to the speakers, um, but the, uh, without making fun of my music, but the, uh, if you can hear that that you know and, and it's funny cuz cuz different people their ears are different they hear different things or maybe the speakers not set up well for the room but if if you're lucky enough to have a bunch of audio places around you just kind of like you know put together a thumb drive with some of your favorite tracks on it go there you know listen to what they have to say be really honest like look i'm looking to upgrade my audio system i i want to hear like what the best sounds like then i want i want to figure out what i can afford what what's on my budget um yeah. You know, I like the that worst, idea. Yeah, I mean the worst case scenario is is you'll never
1: be satisfied with anything you can afford. <laughs> well, or, or or you say, you know what, I was going to buy these things. I was going to buy these speakers for $1500 today, right. but I just learned that the ones that are $3200 are insane and I'm going to save up two more months and get those. Yeah. And you're going to keep them for, you know, 15 years. So it's not like it's I, the, the point is is that I like I like working from the top down. Uh, Mike yeah. Siegel says, hey, big fan of this. We just discussed this. Uh, big fan of the show. And, Patrick, I've been a fan for over 10 years. Why does it take you so long for you two to post more shows? Uh-huh. It's October 30th, and the last show was September 29th. Can you please possibly drop some new material every two weeks instead of monthly? Well, that's the plan. If you need help, I could volunteer, blah, 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 blah. Um, India says, how about shows based on listener configurations of media servers, since so much is streaming these days? I have five different server platforms, and I'm sure mm-hmm. others have many more than just one. So, uh, perfect timing with the Rune show that we're doing today. And I'm in 100% agreement that I would like these to be out every two weeks. I am um, challenged, and we are working on getting a set schedule so that we can stay to the every two week at least... Uh, idea. So yes, Michael, I am in full agreement with you, and I would like that to happen. Uh, we we had that conversation that you don't know of, but that is a thing.
2: Because we hadn't recorded a thing to tell you about the thing we talked about. That's right. you the thing.
1: That's exactly <laughs> right. But it is, it is it, I mean, the other part is, this is sort of a, I, I think for both of us, this is a little more of a side hustle. You know, I have my main show yeah. that's, you know, the solopreneur hour and, and I do that three times a week. Um, and, uh, but it's just me. So it's easier for me just to kind of book it. And why did my computer or my phone just TV just shut off? Um, it's easier for me just to book it and then, and do the show. It's a little tougher when you've got, you know, people to coordinate with. And, and that's, that's part of it. Everyone has schedules and they have other shows that they're doing and blah, blah, blah their lives their lives but i will i promise uh make a concerted effort to get more shows into your earballs as quickly as possible earballs um let's see see if i got one more here um uh last episode okay have you guys tried any new force products they're yes. they're 30 dollars ear plugs I'm, I'm assuming he mentioned buds are nice for yard work and anything else that might threaten the earbuds life and doesn't break the bank i wear them for work um yeah 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 so have you used them before new force oh so uh new force started out
2: as an amplifier company that was doing class d amplifiers a few years ago and they were bought by optoma uh not the part of optoma that's shutting down the other part of optoma um They are in kind of a transitional period. They were doing sort of amplifiers and preamps and stuff like that. Now they mostly seem to have a a lineup of uh, of earbuds: the B Free, the B Sport. Um, They're not bad. Um, They're not my favorite. Um, You know, I'm more familiar with them from the original home audio product lineup. And the people who founded the New Force home product lineup are now doing a company called New Prime. but i think some of their da- some of their amplifiers are really cool and they're also really hard to find because i don't think they've designed any new home audio stuff in years um but hopefully uh you know i'll get a t- you know hopefully I'll get a chance to listen to some of the earbuds in the near future there's just so many earbud manufacturers at this point yeah it's really hard to keep on top of them
1: i think maybe this year is going to be the the year of the wireless earbud i've got these jabra ones mm-hmm. um but I think that's going to be the next thing for 2019. I think they're really going to get better, and probably be yeah. a better technology. Um, Patrick sir, let's uh, let's let's kick this thing off to Dipin Sadev. Did I get that right? Uh, Sadev, Sadev, Dipin Sadev uh, from Rune Labs. We have a, we had a great little chat with him about Rune and what Rune is, and and how to make your title experience better, <laughs> essentially.
2: Dippin's a good guy.
1: He is indeed. Uh, find Patrick Norton at, the, at Patrick Norton on the Twitter, and sometimes Instagram, but barely,
2: right? I'm not working on that. Just as soon as I, I get a little farther along with, my, with the whole child-raising thing, I'll have more quality time to, to make my Instagram game. Do, do, do the kids still say fleek? <laughs> I, I don't. But did you ever?
1: I No. There would, there would not have been an occasion that I would have fleeked. <laughs> uh, anyway, at Patrick Norton on Twitter, uh, on the Twitter, and um, and certainly check out Tech Thing. And what's the other one I always forget about? What's it called? AVXL.
2: AVEXCEL. If you're uh, home theater and audio, uh, Robert Heron does the video side of things. I talk about the audio side of things, and we talk a lot about how to get the best experience you can out of your home theater or audio experience. I also love headphones, but that's a whole nother conversation that I could put you to sleep with. I It's coming, so don't go to sleep.
1: <laughs> um, so anyway, without further ado, uh, Mr. Dippin Sadev, who's the VP of Marketing from Rune Labs and RuneLabs.com. See you guys next time. All right, I'm on with Dippin Sadev, VP of Marketing from RuneLabs, which is RuneLabs.com. And uh, we have crossed paths now at a number of different audio shows previously when you were at KEF, and now yeah. you are the VP of Marketing at Rune Labs. You've gone from hardware to software. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, it's actually interesting. I, I even switched sides in the, uh, in the chain as well. You know, KEF was at the end of the chain. It was the speakers pushing the air. Now I'm on the other side at the source. Uh, where you get all your music from? Right, and
1: and I, one thing I have to say just before I forget is that when I saw you at CEDIA, uh, which is the the really big audio video conference that happens here in San Diego, um, I guess it was September. I you you guys had such an impressive display, and and here's why: because you had. I don't even know how many devices. I mean, you probably do. I, I want to say it was like fifty, but it maybe it wasn't that many. Maybe it was more. But you had them all running off of your own Rune server, and they were like at any given time you could pick up any of the iPads and go, yeah, here, and just click a you know click a spot on the iPad, and the thing right in front of us would be activated. And I thought, what a cool, like kind of ballsy in some ways use case that you're you're running all of this off of essentially one server at a trade show and it's working flawlessly. I thought that was amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't quite 50, but uh, that was the intention, right? Uh, trade shows and especially convention centers are some of the worst areas to try to do any sort of networking. So this was a proof of concept for us, is to show people how even in some of the worst situations, everything we do Can still work, and we are running our nucleus plus, which is our our bigger server. Uh, It just has more horsepower compared to the nucleus. Uh, And we are running. We had a headphone bar where you can come in. Odyssey was kind enough to loan us all the headphones, Uh, so you can come in and you can listen to not only headphone dacs, but you can go around and see what some of the higher end equipment was doing. I mean, we had all the way from the expensive, you know, DCS amplifiers all the way down to the not as expensive Mytacks and as many things as we can get in between. Uh, And that's the whole thing with Rune is we just want to get you to your music and play it on any device you want. The other thing that you may have actually missed is on our TV, we also had a Chromecast plugged in, a Chromecast audio, to which we also stream. So for a $35 Chromecast, you're still getting your music to that as you are everything else in that booth.
1: How do you like the uh,
0: the sound from the Chromecast?
1: Is that the best deal in, in audio right now?
0: I think so. I mean, it goes up to 9624, and it is just, it has no right to be that good. That's the best <laughs> way I can describe it, right? It's it's doing so many things right, and it pushes it out and, and gives you uh, some very, very decent high res. Um, you know, you, you make a little bit of a change, you go to something like a, a dragonfly or something like that from audio quest or go up to, you know, one of the cord Dacs, uh, the travel decks, like a mojo, there's a tremendous amount of difference, but for someone just getting into it, just a low barrier of entry, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it's, a, it's the best starting point because from there, then you can actually start experimenting and see what you like and what type of sound you're looking for in your equipment.
1: Well, So let's rewind a little bit just for people who don't know what Rune does and what it's meant to do. Can you describe it for someone who doesn't know anything about anything? Like just let's assume that it's a brand new person and they have, they got CDs, you know, they have some CDs and they want to listen to some cool CDs, but they don't know what Rune does or what it's for.
0: Yeah, and and explain that. I have to give a little bit of the history and idea here as well. That's why you're Um, here. You know, when digital music came about in in, in the late 80s and and early 90s, um, and we started to see the transition into the 2000s to iTunes, it was such an exciting time for music because now you're thinking, oh my God, here's all my music, everything I have, and it can go everywhere with me. The problem was, is at that time, is you didn't have the space—I mean, the hardware space and the hard drive space—to be able to give all the little details and notes for it. So instead of the music side of things and 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 the interaction that you have with your with the artists and the albums, instead of getting better, it actually got worse because all you got was what looked like an Excel sheet of here's the track, here's the name, here's the album, here's the timestamp. And there wasn't a lot of information on there. At Rune, we're actually massive music lovers uh, across the board. There's there's almost no one you can talk to inside the company that doesn't start a conversation talking about what they were recently listening to. Uh, We have an entire thread just dedicated to music and what people are listening to. And if they find something interesting, just sharing it within the company. That's That's where we live. And the whole idea was, okay, how do we bring everything that was so awesome about the physical form of music and, and especially records where you had liner notes and lyrics and all this information about the band, how do we bring that into the digital form? And that's where Rune came about. What we do is we take your music and actually put content to it and put some context to the albums. So if you're looking at one of your favorite albums, you can look at the credits, get a little bit of information about the artist. We have a ton of metadata that we pull from. And then we categorize it so you can have a fun time actually deep diving into your music. So if you're listening to you know, Lana Del Rey and you're like, oh, I really, really like this album. What else has she done? You can see all the other music she's done, not just in your library, but with the title as well. And you can also take a look at the, the credits as well. So you can see who was the guitarist on there, who did background vocals, who was the producers. And if there's a particular thing you like, you just start clicking on it. And before you know it, you're down this rabbit hole of exploring different things about your music and not just your library, but also the connection with Tidal gives you 40 million tracks that interact and blend together with your music. And so you get this very personalized look at music through the way you like to listen and the type of genres you like to listen to,
1: and what about the the actual physical um, the aspect of it? Where the the thing I think it's really cool about Rune is that it kind of sees your entire your it kind of sees all of your possibilities in your house and it brings them into one spot. So, let's say you have you know an AirPlay. Over here, and you have some other device that's online over here, and you know some yeah. AVR that you just hooked up, but it has, you know, uh, it, it it's online as well. What what to me Rune is so cool with is that takes all of that and puts it in one interface. So you can grab audio from, let's say, you know, in my case I have a Mac mini that's in my studio that has a whole bunch of FLAC files on it. I've got an right. AVR that's in my home theater room that's got, a, you know, its own thing. Um, I have some, the, some Kef LS50 wireless that can show up as a Rune endpoint. And if I want to, I can literally take whatever track I want and play them out of literally all of those devices at once if I want to. So like almost takes what Sonos does for a house on a hardware side and it uses software to do the same kind of idea.
0: That's exactly right. The whole idea here is really simple. If you hit play, your music should should work. Uh, so there's a lot of things we're doing in the background that is extremely complicated, but it looks simple on the front. We have worked with and integrated our own protocol called Rune Ready which uh, we have our own certification for. Then we have our partners and different people we work with so that we have things like Chromecast. Sonos is another is a company that we stream to. We have AirPlay. And the idea is, is that you can stream to these devices as you need to. And as you pointed out, you actually have the ability to group some of them together. Um, the only limitation there is you have to be with the right protocol. Like, you know, all the AirPlay devices can be synced together. All the Chromecast devices can be synced together. You can't mix and match those two for party mode or streaming at the same time. But, you know, all the options are there for, for a variety of ways of trying to get your music to the endpoint that you want to get it to. Um, and this allows people to pick and choose the equipment they want so that they're not locked into. An ecosystem essentially. Like if you buy Sonos, which is great. And as you mentioned, you have a AVR in the living room. The most annoying thing for people is, oh, I've got to switch apps now. Let me go launch my Onkyo app or my Denon app or this app. So we made a conscious effort to try to make everything work together, which is why we did the Rune Ready uh, protocol and why we did the certification, because now you can go. Uh, any product that's Rune ready or Rune certified. Now you can go to any one of these manufacturers and get the same experience from Rune as well as having a variety of equipment in your house because you may want to spend a lot of money on your main listening system, but all you really want is a home pod in the kitchen,
1: right? Right. Yeah, you're having a party. So no one's critically listening. They just want to hear whatever's whatever. A A question I actually have about something being Rune ready. Does something not being Rune Ready mean it does not work with Rune or it just hasn't been certified yet?
0: Great question. So, Rune Ready is our own product protocol for network streaming. We have another certification called Rune Tested, which is usually USB or hardwired things. So anything that has our official logo on it means it's gone through our process. So if you you plug in a DAC through USB, it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't work. It just won't give you the best experience possible because when we work with these manufacturers, we get all the information uh, about the DACs that they're using and everything. And our job is not to be the police of sound quality. What we do is whatever the stream is, we get it to the DAC that you want or to the equipment that you want, and we let them do the work so that you get the sound that you want. And so in doing so, what we've done is created these protocols, allowed a variety of devices to be connected to it, but to get the highest level of of user experience from rune is to be one of the rune ready uh devices
1: right so because well, i th- I think the reason i asked that is because i've definitely hooked up a couple of you know devices that happen to be airplay enabled or something like that and they sure enough they pop up in my rune i'm like oh i didn't know that i could stream to that that's super cool you know so that's
0: that's just because it has airplay protocol built in right. which we did which we do naturally. Right. So
1: that's my so, point is that you can have things in your house, you know, you could literally have an, Alp, an old Apple airport express in your bedroom and plug a, a, a pair of speakers into it and then use rune to throw music into those speakers. That's my point.
0: No, absolutely. And, and the cool. other part, and the other part is your tablets or smartphones, they don't only act as remotes. They also act as endpoints as well. So you can plug in headphones into, into your tablet and walk around the house and still have music playing.
1: Right. Um, well, the other thing I'll say um, is Rune to me, has gone through, I think, a significant amount of growing pains in the last, let's say, two or three years. I remember being with uh, one of my, in fact, one of the original co-hosts of the show, Paul Anderson, while we sort of pulled each other's hair out trying to get room to work in a couple of different rooms. And now it seems like it is really dialed because I hadn't used it for a couple of months. And then I used it again after Cedia and I was like, wow, this thing is so slick now. And so I just want to give a shout out to your people, you know, give a shout out to your your engineering team who's really done, I think, a great job.
0: Listen, I love getting the compliments that for all the hard work my dev team does. So send them my way. For but sure. If you got, but if you got complaints, just email them directly. I don't want to hear. It.
1: Absolutely. Hey, um, <laughs> our our good friend Patrick Norton just jumped on. Hello, Patrick. Can you hear uh myself? Yes, I can hear you both. You can. Was, isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. Uh, go Patrick.
2: Your inability to get ruined to run, but. It's too early to be cruel today.
1: No, no. Uh, Rune runs like a champ now. It just, uh, early on, it was a little more challenging I uh, to me.
2: I, I, really? I, it also occurs to me that I, I come out of a, a pure Linux environment from hell back when Linux was kind of made out of glue and cardboard and angst, so everything seems easy by comparison these days.
1: <laughs> cardboard and angst should be how everything yeah, uh is is created. Anything good is created out of cardboard and angst. Yeah. We're cardboard and angst from Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs>
0: there you go. Well, um, actually, M- Michael, you brought up a really good point, right? Uh, we we, ha- we actually did get a lot of feedback initially with user experience. Um, because what people underestimate is how much horsepower you need. The more you use Rune, if you start doing DSP and you start doing a lot of these other functionality that's built in, you need more horsepower. And people tended to under spec their systems and what they actually needed, which is why we came up with Nucleus and Nucleus Plus, because it allowed us to control more of that user experience and allowed us to control what was happening because people under- underestimate even their libraries. They're like, oh, I've only got a, you know a couple thousand albums. Well, yes, you might have a couple thousand albums, but that's a lot of data going back and forth and metadata and all of the ways that Rune works to connect your albums together. So there's a lot happening in the back end that requires horsepower, the more you want to use it.
1: Where did you get your audio start? Tell me
0: me your origin story. Oh, God. Well, uh, it's not a very good one. Uh, I was uh, actually in law school and I hated it. Um, and I left after my first year and I said, what else am I going to do with my life? Uh, and I've always just been drawn to music and AV gear. And really my, my first job right out of there, um, was with Kef. So mm. kef took, Kev took a chance on me and I, and I was able to grow there and learn, um, from one of the legends in the industry. And that's really where things took off for me, but it always started with the music. Like, you know, that's. That's I feel like people who are into music and have that passion always had it from the beginning. Um, And that's how I I've always been. I was, you know, what, eight years old, nine years old, breaking my dad's Kenwood system, trying to fiddle with things and figure them out um, and getting in trouble. Um, and that's, that's really it. There's no, no, no other secret sauce to it. Do you remember the
1: first time you snapped into reality when you were like, wow, this is because I can't imagine being, you know, in, in Kef and finally hearing the, the blades or the muon and going, oh, is that what it's supposed to be?
0: (laughs) It, It was actually before then. And, and believe it or not, it was in, I'm a very big fan of movie soundtracks. So it was actually when I went to go see the movie, The Last Samurai, however many years that came out. And I just remember, uh, you know, whatever you think of the movie, I just remember walking away thinking, oh my God, this was one of the best sounding things I've ever heard. And that's Mm. when I learned about Hans Zimmer and soundtracks and how they were doing different things. And that's when I really got appreciation because at the same time, uh, a new movie theater had opened up uh, locally here in New Jersey. And, and there was an IMAX theater as well. So I got to sit down and listen to what I think is a phenomenal score on a nearly perfectly dialed in IMAX system. And that was my first aha realization. Mm. Uh, and that's what I chased for quite a long time until I was able to finally put something close to that in my home.
1: Well, yeah. And by the way, Hans Zimmer, for you guys who have not experienced i want to say um if if there's a like a greatest hits of great sounding soundtracks it's hans zimmer who's done i feel like almost every awesome superhero movie and things like that but you want something that makes your system sound like big and impressive hans zimmer has got the recipe for you i believe
0: definitely he's got some of the Most interesting tracks uh, that I've even used in demos, and he's also, you know, just to go off the side tangent of 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 film score here, he's actually got one of the most versatile uh, catalogs you'll ever see. I mean, people don't know this, but he also did The Lion King,
2: right? You know, he's there's kind of like he's got a couple different modes, but one of the big ones is like um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Dunkirk, Interstellar, Inception, where there's big noises that add to the narrative structure and then there's stuff that's radically different true romance the last samurai rain man yeah Uh, he's a he's a fat and like you mentioned the lion king driving this daisy um pirates of the caribbean some of those films
1: Um, chances are if it's got a great soundtrack hans zimmer's had his fingerprints on it you know that's what it sounds like (laughs) to me
0: yeah, I mean, he is... I, mean, I love movie soundtracks, and he's he's one of the greatest, right? What's your home setup like? So, obviously, coming from CAF, I have a whole CAF setup. I've uh, set up the whole Atmos system. Um, and, you know, because that's the other thing, and probably what we should go down talking about is the the idea of having just a regular quote unquote listening room is extremely difficult to do. Yes. It's it's my living room, right? My living room is my TV watching room. It's my home theater. It's where I listen to music. It's where my daughter constantly screams at the TV for more Elmo. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's all those things at, at once. So so getting into the system and designing that type of space, I I've always looked for versatility in, in doing that.
1: Mm. So what are your, um, what are your, what's your setup? What's your KEF setup?
0: So I've got the, uh, what was the previous KEF R series. I have a whole uh, Atmos system with that. Um, and then for, for my processor, I'm using a Marantz. Yep, 7704. Cool. Uh, which I'll be looking to, to upgrade. And right now I've got some Emotiva amplifiers doing the, the heavy lifting while I wait for my Hagels to come in.
1: Yeah. I have a similar setup, actually. I have a... uh, Currently, I've got... I'm reviewing one of the the higher-end Marantz AVRs. uh, The 8012 is what I have. And then I have a a whole paradigm setup. um, But I have the Kef... The LS50 wireless are sort of there as well. They're like right in the listening room. So it's kind of a two-channel and a a home theater in one spot. Um, But uh, it's... You're right. It's like kind of one room uh, to do everything, if you will. And then, how do you? What what kind of endpoints do you have in your house
0: for Rune? So I actually have a lot. Um, I have a, a nucleus in my system here, so I go HDMI out from my nucleus right into the brands, uh, so that acts as my main system. Then I've got a whole bunch of little devices. I've got a Fire Stick, um, which I do some display on. I've got my phone, I've got uh, a couple of uh, Google Homes scattered throughout the room um, or, excuse me, scattered throughout the house and then I've got um, my Core Mojo DAC that I use to hook up my phone to.
1: Wow. That is a lot.
0: Yeah. You're sort of
1: all over the place.
0: What's that? Yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of that I can stream anything to anywhere and that's what I want. Because the other big thing is, is and this is this is one of my favorite features of rune that almost gets overlooked quite a bit, is we give you complete file format freedom, right? One of the things I tell people is, uh, can you play a DSD file to an iPhone? And typically the answer is no. And then my response is, well, with Rune, yes, you can. Because we take care of that on the back end. We'll convert the DSD file. So regardless of what the endpoint's capabilities are and what the file format is, the minute you hit play, everything will work. E.
1: How, what's the how does what's the process for that to go from like a DSD to an iPhone? What would you have? Yeah. To,
0: what would you have to use to make that work? Nothing. You just click on the song, you hit play, and you select the iPhone <laughs> as the endpoint.
1: So the iPhone becomes an endpoint on Rune. Do I not know that?
0: Correct. Wow. The iPhone, iPhone, iPads, all those tablets, all those phones are all uh, endpoints as well. Well, when
2: you say endpoint, you mean you're using that to control the, the whatever's feeding the audio into your speakers, or you're actually decoding DSD from the nucleus and then running it out through the headphone jack on the tablet or the phone?
0: Both. Okay.
2: Yeah. But it's, it's not yeah, DSD. It's, it's, been, it's been transcoded by the time it gets to the output jack on the phone, though.
0: Correct. You, you'll see it. Uh, one of the things we do is we're all about transparency. So when you hit play, we have the signal path there. So you'll see everything that's happening. So all the coding and everything and or the decoding and conversion is all happening with Rune. And then by the time it gets over to you, it's in the correct format it needs to be to play on your device.
1: What, talk, let's talk about the Nucleus a little bit. Because Rune was, Room was a, a software company. And then they've just correct. come out with this great piece of hardware which is a music server. and uh, You call it the Nucleus. And uh, yeah. its it, I would say it's relatively new in the grand scheme of things. So it may be about a year, year and a half old. Is that right?
0: Yeah, just about a year old. Um, well, Like I said, there were several things we wanted to do here. Uh, one was to have a little bit more control over the user experience uh, and, and to be a little bit more plug and play. Um, a lot of folks, believe it or not, don't want to spend time figuring out BIOS and and putting and building their own Nook boards and everything. Uh, we were very lucky that we got in contact with Intel, and we worked with Intel on these, on these boards and designing the Nucleus. So it's fanless, and it does a lot of the features we wanted to do. And the best part is, is we wrote our own operating system that we call RuneOS, and that lives on Nucleus. Hmm. And so what that allows us to do is give you the performance you want, be able to do multiple zones, be able to do the heavy lifting on any DSP that you might want to do, as well as streaming to all the devices in your house.
1: Very cool. What would be like uh, for someone who's just getting into audio, at what point would they consider adding a nucleus? Would it be right at the beginning or would they have to kind of graduate to it a little bit?
0: It's not a graduation. It's a matter of figuring out your system. The first thing, the difference between the Nucleus and Nucleus Plus, a lot of it has to do with your library size. So the first thing to do is figure out how big is your library and where you plan on growing. There's a lot of folks who say, yes, I've, I've got a small library, but then they've got you know 5,000 CDs that they plan on ripping in the next year or so. <laughs> so they have to think about that and plan that. The second thing that I always tell people is to just download the software first on your computer get set up and get familiar with it and then get the nucleus because now you know how you want to use it the type of endpoints that you're going to going to need um, and what nucleus does it's your always on system whereas you know your computer shuts down and or you walk away and it goes into sleep mode where the nucleus is always on always working in the background, always collecting the metadata, always adding all of the information. If something gets updated on a bio for an artist, you know we automatically grab that update and, and goes right into the system there. So that's that's where Nucleus really comes into play. It's for people who just want to plug it in, never think about it, and it's always on and always working.
1: You talked earlier about the metadata, which is one of the most impressive pieces, I think, of Rune, is that you can have a favorite album. Like right now I'm on... I'm on Rune, and I'm looking for, like, Sting, Ten Summoners Tales or something, which is one of my favorite uh, Sting albums, has one of my favorite drummers on it. And I'm blown away. There's there's uh, the kind of data that this thing has, which is you've got the rating, you've got a review of the album with a bunch of, like, uh, actual links on the inside. You've got photos that go with the album. Right. So like front and back. So you can actually see each side of the CD. Um you've got a um uh, a uh credits which shows the different there's versions, there's credits. It shows you all the musicians that are on. So I can say, oh Vinny Coleyuta, my favorite drummer, is on this one. Click on Vinny's name and now I've got like I've got so many albums where he's popping up on all of these different, you know, um I can find him on everything. So I can search where does this data come from? Do you have these poor people that are cranking out, you know uh, Excel spreadsheets into this software, or like where do you get all of this
0: info? yeah, we we actually uh, work with five metadata services, and this is you know part of the cost of the room. We spend a lot of money on getting this metadata, and then <laughs> it goes through our whole system here and everything and and, and puts a, you know, I, I'm saying this very uh, tongue-in-cheek, a nice skin on it, but really what we want to do is connect everything together. You know, as you scroll down and see Sting, it's not just all the albums he's worked on, but who is he similar to, who follows him, who is he influenced by. And one of my favorite features uh, is is the collaborations. And that's one of the things that's always missed is, you know, yes, you have these artists that might have their dedicated albums, but artists tend to collaborate a lot and enjoy working with their friends and working with different producers. But so seeing all these collaborations and, and seeing where they end up, and you end up with a completely different endpoint to where you started uh, just by going down this.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and it's, it really makes it fun. I mean, I think maybe that's something we've missed in music, which is, you know, flipping through CDs or looking at albums and opening up the album cover and seeing really the 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 heart of what the artist was intending when they were creating it. You know, you see maybe some pictures from their tour or from the studio session. And, you know, maybe you they have pictures of like a handwritten lyric sheet of, of one of your favorite songs. And it's just something we're really missing when it's in this fully digital world. And I feel like you guys have done a great
0: job um, bringing that all back. That, that was our intention of just, you know, bring i think fun is the right word bringing back the fun and music it's just not a matter of going next track next track it's really engaging and and enjoying it yeah and and wanting to learn more
1: uh patrick um anything on your end my friend um no it's it's uh
2: what i apologize i jumped in didn't realize we were actually recording the show so if i was entirely too glib and direct i apologize to both of you and to the listening audience um
1: (laughs) Sorry, we're used to you being uh, glib and direct, so it's I fine. I know, but
2: there's layers to that. Um, some are more public than others. But, I mean, it's <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because as somebody um, who's been playing around um, with Rune on and off for a couple of years and some open source uh, audio management systems, um, I do want to amplify uh, what Dippin said, which is Rune – People doing Rune installations suffer from the same problem that people doing, like, you know, DIY NAS builds or or other like, oh, I have an old PC and I'm gonna throw this thing on it. And it's gonna be just as good as a dedicated appliance from Synology. And it's like, well, a Synology NAS is this incredibly sophisticated operating system on this incredibly tuned hardware. And some of you out there are snickering because you're super geeks
1: and and fine. Email me. I don't I don't even um, know what you're talking about. So, but
2: I'm but like but you know what, what's interesting about Rune is is they deal with. You know, when you look at the the, you know, when you look at the nucleus, um, there's people who don't enjoy. Like, I'm going to get the Rune Optimized Core Kit, which is essentially this super customized version of Linux It has all the cruft you don't need stripped out of it, and Rune sits on top of it, and it's really badass and it's ninja, to use highly technical terms. And a lot of people just don't enjoy setting that up or don't want to have Rune running on their, their Windows PC and leaving it on 24-7. Although, frankly, um, if you've got a good Windows PC, that's not a bad way to run it. Um, for me, though, what was amazing, the first time I fired up Rune, the first time I saw Rune was at uh, Rocketman Audio Fest a couple of years ago. And I looked at, I looked at Rune and I saw everything that title should have been but wasn't, i.e. usable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because I've, I've seen some people in the Rune forums where they're like, metadata is a problem. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, a lot of the metadata in title is a is a hot mess but it's been interesting to watch them try to figure out the challenges and respond to the to the i mean i've, I've got one particular user uh viewer listener on av excel who's always like it's outrageous they want 120 dollars a year for the software and it's like well programmers get to eat too And if you're actually paying into the application you use, then they are motivated to continue to improve the application and make it more usable and to add new features and to make the existing features better. Versus what you see in a lot of the software industry, which is we'll give it away for free, you know, and and we'll make money somewhere like advertising or selling your information or something. So to have a company that's like, hey, we want to make a great piece of audio software. Here's a great piece of audio software. Tell us where it's not great. We'll work on that. We're also going to talk to everybody in the audio universe and find cool stuff like the DSPs stuff that's been added in, but. You know, it's, it's interesting. Look, like part of me looks at the nucleus, like the part of me that's a computer geek is like, I can do that. And part of me thinks, like, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't want to deal with setting up a computer and maintaining it and making sure the operating system is updated and the BIOS is set. And to be able to buy an appliance and run this without having to deal with performance issues. Uh, is really cool and you know if you dig into the forums you'll find some pretty good recommendations on how powerful a system you need and it's kind of amazing both on what you're serving it off of and for example you know it in some ways i like running rune better off of an android tablet than on a ios tablet because of the way ios likes to disconnect the network and you have to reconnect the network and there's a lag time on there that, that isn't there with android um dig into the forums if you start playing around with it, because there is a free trial, and you know, it, it's amazing kind of, a lot of people have figured out a lot of things to do with it, and a lot of ways to run it, I mean, I want to say Darko Audio, a few months ago, did a whole thing on on essentially turning a Raspberry Pi, which is a small, inexpensive, single board, $35 PC, into an endpoint for Rune, and you don't want to use the audio chip, you don't want to listen using the audio chip on a Raspberry Pi, but you can plug USB DACs into it or, or do an optical output adapter, what they call a Pi hat. It's amazing how interesting and how customizable this can be. Or you can just like fire it up in your computer, point it at your audio collection, point it to your title subscription. I would, I would, uh, in my own personal experience, I would be a little, I will never ever tell, tell, uh, rune to put everything uh it can stuff into my hard drive uh from title um because you know i still remember laughing being like why on earth is this on here (laughs) with a couple of bands and i was finally finally realized that i i I had personally instructed rune to to fill up all the space in my hard drive with additional uh lossless audio from (laughs) uh, from title but some of the tracks i was just like man not even when i was still drinking would i have listened to this um and uh but it's 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 pretty slick and if you're if you're fresh especially if you're frustrated with title or you're not particularly enjoying the experience of digging through your music collection it's really interesting the way that you know the the way they talk about on the website is is pretty accurate it's like being in the old days where you had an album and there was a ton of information on the album and you pulled the vinyl out and there was like i miss actually reading liner notes like i right. hate we just vinyl. talked about that it's... i hate vinyl but liner notes are really cool yeah um, digging into them so anyhow i'm the... probably babbling a little bit but i find that it's a fascinating product
0: um so the the other thing I tell people is just you know, simply download it on your computer to get started. And the other great thing that we do is you don't have to actually clean up your own library. Like when I first started using Rune, my f- thing that made me fall in love with it is, I, look, I'm from back in the day of doing you know LimeWire and, <laughs> and some, some, some shady downloads that may or may not kill three computers because you weren't sure what you were downloading. A lot of
2: 128K files in there back in the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I ended up with, you know, 1,000 or 1,200 track ones. And I had no, without listening to them, and I had no way of going in and figuring it out. I pointed Rune to that uh, hard drive that I had, and it found everything, categorized it, cataloged it, and everything just worked. And when I look at the hard drive and I look at the actual files, it still just says track one. But when I look at it through Rune, it gives me the actual information on the artist, and, and it's fantastic.
1: That's really impressive, by the way. And by the way, if, if anything else, the interface that it puts over Title is worth it just oh by God. itself. Because as much as I love Title, man, can someone please in that building learn how to build a search algorithm? Because it Not is just happen. terrible.
2: Well, they're they're also, they have issues with metadata. Um, I mean, one of my favorite bands is a LA punk band called X. uh, And there are a couple different bands called X, and it doesn't know the difference. And it does that in some other areas, too, where it uh, confuses information that it should not confuse. But the, the, I mean, there's issues with the UI. There's issues with the priorities. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, there's, there's. I, I understand that that certain owners of of Title seem to think it is their own personal advertising uh, platform. But you know, three and a half, four weeks of every time I open up Title and getting their advertisement for their new album uh, instead of at least the homepage, which kind of sucks. But it would be better if I could actually get to the thing I was last listening to. There's just. Their priorities are not
1: really... And their playlists, and the, we can go on, but this is not the title show. Um, one really cool thing that I've learned is that uh, Dippin, because he is a he is a, a, a generous soul, is, instead of the two-week trial of Rune, is giving us a free 30-day trial of Rune. So to get that, beginner audiophile people... Uh, You go to beginneraudiophile.com slash Rune, beginneraudiophile.com slash Rune, and uh, that will take you to a 30-day trial, and uh, you get to try this thing out, and what what I would suggest is you, if you have whatever your little devices are, you know, plug everything in, fire it up, find all your little endpoints, and you'll just sit around for a couple hours and, you know, play your favorite song through nine different places in your house, and it'll be really fun. It's
0: a good place to start, I think yeah just even plugging your headphones into your laptop and just you know sitting there exploring and getting,
1: getting that
0: the too working is just it's just it's just fun it and, is know, fun and, and and that will and that's where you'll start to explore and not only does it explore your music then you can start exploring gear as well you can start to figure out you know hey what let me try this let me try something else um and then the signal path, like I mentioned before, is a really fun way because once you know what your track track is doing and what the file formats are doing and the conversions, you can have a lot of fun um, in-, in the system there.
1: It is pretty fun, I will say. Tippin, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a little while. And um, I appreciate, again, high fives to you and your engineering team that are doing really, really cool things. Is there anything you can... Uh, can you lift the kimono a little about what's coming up in the next few months?
0: No, no, dang, no. We never, we never, uh, we never talk about it. We have it, it, our, our what our internal alpha build has so much stuff on there that we're just always poking around and figuring things out. Um, and and our, our CTO Brian, who uh, who is one of the smartest people I've ever met, uh, is always figuring out the most interesting way. To look at music, look at the metadata, and we're just, you know, as, as he feels comfortable and as we feel ready, we'll continue to put out updates. Love the it. most, the most recent one that we did for earlier this year was adding the Chromecast support along with displays, so that you can actually see some album art and and uh, and lyrics on any uh, browser or Chromecast endpoint. And we also included uh, first unfold of MQA. Very cool. The
1: software version of the MQA Unfold. Correct. I love it. I love it. Um, All right. Awesome. You guys, check it out. RuneLabs.com. RuneLabs.com. And if you want to grab the free trial, BeginnerAudioFile.com slash Rune. Thanks,
0: Dippin. Thanks so much for having me. for listening to beginner audiophile for gear giveaways and answers to your questions join our mailing list at beginner tag pictures of your audio setup to at beginner on instagram until next time keep experiencing great music